welcome to Clamp, the weekly podcast where we discuss all things related to creating, living, and making projects. I'm the host, Grant Alexander, and joining me as always is Jesse Ratfink and Adam Mackey. Welcome. And of course, Adam's like, ah, this is the perfect time to not eat myself and take a giant swig of a drink. <laughs> it was the smallest sip ever. <laughs> giant swig of a drink. So today, Jesse had a topic that she wanted to talk about. And so I'm going to throw it over to Jesse. Okay. So uh, when we did the Etsy episode with Preston, we didn't really go deep into this, but it is something that I know a lot of people have very strong opinions about. And that is what is actually handmade um because mm-hmm. i know there are people out there still that think that 3d printing and cnc woodworking means it's not handmade uh there are people that think if you sew on a sewing machine it's not handmade uh i am not one of those people <laughs> i get very particular i think the thing that i always think about when i think of uh etsy is all the people who buy clip art and print it on a shirt using a third-party service and call that handmade. That is like my biggest pet peeve. I hate it. I hate seeing it. Mm-hmm. And it's very prolific now because people will buy just about anything online. <laughs> it's very easy and they just go for mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, I don't know. Are there any things that you guys will see online that you're like, I don't know if that counts as handmade? Well, I feel like I feel like here, I, I don't know. I'm I'm going to be that person that's going to be like handmade must be like literally made with your hands because mm. to me, like a 3D print isn't handmade. It's DIY or more oh. DIY than handmade or a CNC. Well, like, well, what if you it depends on how much it, fingerprints? Like well, see, that's the thing. It, it depends. Yeah. See, I don't know. It depends on how much work you put in after. Like if you, if you were to 3D print parts and then put them together, I would call that handmade. But if you were just like if you were just to download a file and print the finished project straight up, I would not call that handmade. If you were to buy a bunch of parts and assemble them, is it handmade? Yes. Well, okay. Uh, well, no, because if you buy if you buy like a flat pack, I wouldn't call that handmade. Right. But if you what were if to I buy, did. if you were to modify, if you would no, see, I don't know because like so. Recently, I we bought like a flat pack cabinet and I had to trim it down to fit into a spot. Right. I wouldn't call it handmade. I had to alter it. But if I was to buy, say, slabs of wood and just cut them to size and screw them together that weren't already a kit, I would call that handmade, even if it looked exactly the same. Yep. Okay. So what about if someone is actually putting in the time and designing all of the models themselves? Like, is that where it gets more into, like, this could be handmade because someone's actually putting in time and effort and, like, artistic effort? That's where I think it's more DIY. Okay. So, so I, I had never thought of DIY and handmade as two different things, so now I've got to <laughs> wrap my brain around that. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely, like, DIY is a different, I, I think, a different thing. Like, you can have a handmade kitchen. You can have a DIY kitchen. And you can have a, I bought this kitchen, Right. Like mm-hmm. my kitchen's IKEA, and the amount of time I spent on it, I want to say I, I, I made that kitchen. That kitchen is mine. <laughs> I designed it. I used yeah, I used the IKEA program, but I like did all the measurements. I picked. I had to do a lot of picking of cabinets, but I think there's a big difference between handmade and man-made. I don't know. I don't want to be like man is like. I was gonna say what about I, I just want to say. Right, but I don't want to say it like people that made. way, but that's uh, people made. But I was trying to, because there's a nice alliteration with handmade, man-made. But uh, 
so I think that's the big difference is like handmade people are expecting someone to have touched the project and minimum like the, the robots that are involved aren't involved in the final part of the project guaranteed mm. and potentially aren't involved at all. Right. But if you wanted to say that this was a made by a person, right. If that's what you, your definition of handmade is, is that a person made it? Then yeah. Like if you put together a 3D printer and printed out a thing, it's made by like, I've had enough problems with my 3D printer. There's that's that's a good point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but so I don't see this. This is actually a really when you first said this, I was like, oh, like you know, I don't see how we're going to get how this is a full <laughs> topic. But like, it's actually there's so much into it because yeah. I think if you were to go to IKEA, buy an IKEA kitchen, it's all flat pack. You put it all together that you've done it yourself. If you were to go yeah. buy all the supplies, cut everything to size, to size, build it from scratch, essentially, that's handmade. And if it turned out looking the exact same, and the only difference- Still handmade. Right, but the only difference between buying a flat pack from Ikea and doing it myself is that I I do some, like, ripping and cross-cutting is basically, and some drilling of holes, like- See, this is where I'm going to contradict myself really badly, because (laughs) when the more I think of it right, is that- is that you've put in the work to measure everything, design it, and do all that side of it, whereas is exactly what Jesse said with the 3D printing of did you put in the work to design <laughs> and everything. I, I just, I don't know now. Yeah. Well, now okay. you've got me all kerfuffle. <laughs> so, I'll say I've been in some other people's houses with IKEA kitchens that look like shit because they didn't understand how to design a kitchen. They didn't understand how to minimize, like how to make the cabinets look good together and function and how to minimize, like you'll see people with like giant filler strips and you're like, why why do you have like a five inch filler strip there? Like, why didn't you make the cabinet? Like they come in two inch increments. Like you should never have a five inch filler strip. Like at most you should have like an inch and a half. Right. And then you should put a three-quarter on one side and three-quarter on the other side of that cabinet to make it look good, right? <laughs> Anytime yeah. I see someone, like, fill in this big gap, and then they often, like, oh, they put a little wine rack in there. I'm like, nobody stores their wine flat. Next to Stop the Stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, next exactly. <laughs> and it's always that kind of stuff. And I just go, like, ah. Oh. We kind of we skip past this, though. So what are both your thoughts on flat pack? Is that – Handmade or what? I would say no, uh, because that's something that has been manufactured that you buy. So, yeah, I, that's where I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Because if you're not really adding anything to it, I could see you buying like a flat pack thing from Ikea and then making modifications to it. And maybe that's a little closer, but just like out of the package, no. This, this is my next follow-up question, but you literally just said that Grant's Kitchen is not handmade because yep. it's a flat pack from Ikea. Now, if you were oh, to buy God. a flat pack, <laughs> if you were to buy a flat pack and then make, say you buy a flat pack kitchen and you make the bench top from scratch, you replace the bench top that comes with the kitchen with a handmade one that you have made from scratch. Is that kitchen then handmade? 
Yeah. I'd say it's closer. But so for me, when I when I was saying flat pack, I was imagining like one shelf. I think it's a lot different when it comes to designing and laying out an entire room. Oh, that's tricky. So I really is. say my kitchen isn't handmade. It's assembled by hand. It is put together. It's DIY. Like I would go as far like I would go as far as saying it's DIY. Even if I had cut all of the cabinets and built them myself and they're all made out of plywood in the same way that IKEA did it, I would be hard stretched to say that's a handmade kitchen, right? Because like how much of like what does handmade even mean? I was about to say, so what do you consider would be handmade? Well, you started like you, you, like it's it's really hard because I don't think mm-hmm. when I think of cabinetry, like standard kitchen cabinetry, I find it hard to believe that's handmade camp cabinetry. I've seen people do it. There's a lot of hand, like there's a lot of work involved. It's not mm-hmm. super, like it's not as simple as screwing and gluing it together. It's, but at the same time, I just go like when I think of handmade, I think of a lot more intricate for some reason. And it's wrong, hmm. but I, that's how where I go. So can a kitchen be handmade? Yes. Definitely. But, you just said but, it needs to be more intricate. Yeah, well, it could I, be I, you've not seen- It could be Crazy there woodworking, are, all sorts of scroll work, you know? Yeah, like I've seen Jack English uh, from the Wadkin Temple here in Ottawa did some really cool stuff with, uh, he made like this like preparation bowl- inside of a a kitchen that was like made into the counter. It's a really cool design, like all solid walnut. It was like, I, I think he turned it on a lathe. He's got a big lathe, but it, it must've been like this big, which the listeners out there are going to know is pretty, it's like as big as a fish. Um, <laughs> uh, it must be like, it must've been like 18 inch bowl, like into the countertop, all of a solid piece. I go, that's handmade. Like you cannot buy that. Oh, I think where I think it's handmade is can I purchase an exact replica of this from a factory? Okay. That, that I think is a good guideline and also helps kind of separate the DIY manufactured part of that, you know, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that might be a good line. (laughs) Yeah. But, But I don't know. Like, so if somebody sees something that's, like really intricate from a factory and then like hand carves it. Is that handmade? I mean, if they're mm. putting in the work to carve it, even if it's copied off of something, I would say yes. Yeah. I'd say yes. Right. So I've just, the thing I just said has been nullified. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to go, to go back to where, to where Jesse said about the shirts and stuff, right? So you download a picture off Google, you print it out and you HTV it onto a shirt. Is that handmade? Well, see, people are not yes. even doing that anymore. If they were doing mm. that, I would feel like it was more handmade. But people are just mocking up designs, making like buying like stock yeah. photos of t-shirts and putting shit on them, and then just sending that to a printer to fulfill the order. And that's where I get a little ugh, like the manufacturing part of that is not handmade. Right. Mm. So if it's made in a factory, can it be handmade? No, it's factory made. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is where I will I will submit that uh, there's I was watched a video of these uh, factory made axes. I, I can't remember. It's like a Swedish company 
I can't remember the name of it. Grant Furs or something. It's like, what's coming to mind? Anyways, they make axes. They, like, the the process it goes through is with a person putting it in between every single piece of dye. And it's a really cool process to watch. And it comes out as an axe and then finish it on an anvil, right? Mm. So a person is involved the entire time. Is it a handmade axe? How much of the work are they doing? Like, how, like well, moving it from die to die, no. But how, what are they doing on the anvil? So moving it from die to die, you say, like, no. But, like, so if I make a jig for woodworking, is that a not handmade anymore? Oh, is God. the jig doing the work? <laughs> right. Is the jig doing the physical work? Like, if you say you make a box, um, a box joint jig, right? You still right. have to physically feed it through the saw and everything. It's just there to help you with alignment. If, okay, so if what you were to put the wood hammer? in, like, no, you still have to feed the metal. You still have to feed the metal into the but power that, hammer, and you're in control a, of the power hammer. If you were to, it's a giant power hammer with different shapes. So you need to know where to put it at the certain stages and. Right, whether or not you got it incorrectly, which, yeah, it's a lot easier when you've done it a hundred thousand times. Oh, so it's so hard. I think in this case, it's something that they could advertise as being handmade and get away with it. But yeah, like there's no that doesn't transfer to the person who buys it. I guess <laughs> you know, like I think that a company that does work like that, where it's like, yeah, there is a person there actually doing the work and determining how the process goes. That's handmade, but yeah. oh wow! So, so what if you like <sighs> if if I just wanted to make like cutting boards? <laughs> cutting boards is a great example because you can make a lot of jigs. You just make a jig that all you do is like feed a bunch of wood through. And at the end, you take the wood that's fed through, glue it together, right? Like, is that, like, because you have to glue it together, does that make it handmade? No, I think handmade is more about the fact that you have knowledge and you understand the process of making the thing in such a way that you are able to do it, like, at scale. So, I don't know. Or not at scale. Or not at scale, yeah. (laughs) Right. I think... Yeah, it's more about the process of making and less about the materials, maybe. Hmm. So Hmm. is someone who buys like uh, a laser and makes uh, branding irons on it handmade? So like Dean was talking about, he's making some cool branding irons. Dean Duplantis makes some cool branding Mm -hmm. irons. But it's like you're doing a lot of the work in the computer and you're shoveling some brass in a laser. And coming out with something cool on the other end. And I know there's a lot of work to it. There's a lot of knowledge to it. There's a lot of like fucked up pieces of brass that didn't work out to it. But <laughs> is it handmade? I, I feel like it's very controversial. If That's probably not even the right word to use. But to say that I feel like for it to be handmade, it has to have the ability to have imperfections. Mm. As in. I like that. If you, if you were to use the laser to cut out the metal or whatever you, tool you use. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I would say no. But if you have to do work to it after where you may cause damage of an imperfection, then yes. So to take it back to like a flat pack kitchen, no. But if you were to make everything and cut everything from scratch, there's a possibility you could stuff something up and make a wrong cut, meaning an imperfection. Well, yes. I'm going to say that if you go into my kitchen, you could find imperfections. Well, <laughs> so... <laughs> But yeah, I know. I totally get what you're saying. That to- that I think that adding imperfections into it 
makes sense. And it doesn't have to have, have an imperfection. I like that. It doesn't have no. to have one. It has to have well, the ability it, to have one. Instead of saying imperfection, maybe we should say unique because that's what I was thinking earlier. Like everything that's handmade has a certain level of uniqueness because yeah, they mm-hmm. aren't doing it in mass scale. I mean, like thinking about my embroideries, yes, I'm using the same pattern every time, but there are small differences between it because I have to physically do it every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess for the the branding irons, for me, it's like, what is the work that happens afterwards? Because you're not just going to get a perfect piece out of the laser cutter. So I think combining the like post laser work with the design work up front, it could be handmade for me. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's, it, it's handmade because he's like a one guy doing it all himself. Like he's putting the brass mm-hmm. into the right place of the laser. Right? It's no different than the people doing the axes, knowing where to put the hot metal into the giant die. I just, I, I, you know, I was thinking about like Gnome Hammer Forge talking about like he's going to be getting a bunch of tooling to do axes and mm. he's already got a bunch of tooling to do hammers. And if he makes five hammers that look exactly the same, are they unique? I guess if you look closely enough at them, they mm-hmm. are, but yeah, see, that's, that's like not, if you, if they're all made from scratch per se, they're never going to be all exactly the same. Hmm. Okay. So is a 3d printer ever handmade if if the thing the 3D that printer out, any post processing anything okay. that you make on the 3d printer without doing any post processing but you just like jacob from other dog designs is doing some amazing stuff with 3d printing and he's doing amazing stuff post processing too but he just did like a nuka cola cap like sign that's three colors mm. so that black white and red and it looks yep. amazing and it's super shiny is it handmade I'm going to say no. See, I I still think yes. If you actually designed the model yourself and like you've put in the work and you've done the trial and error, I say yes. But like, yeah, if you just buy that file off of like Cults 3D or something, no. Sorry, Jacob. You're not hand making anything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, he... He he's amazing at graphic design too, and and designing up three D models. But he just he does a lot of anyways. I would say that you couldn't get if you don't know what you're doing, you couldn't get what he's doing. Like True. the model that he like, you could buy the thing. Anyone could buy the thing, and they couldn't get the what he's doing, right? Like what Jacob's able to get out of his printer is not possible for everyone. The same mm-hmm. way that if you get a CNC, not everyone can do the same things. Like you see Birch Told Designs doing the like all the the, the maker mallet and the all the boobs and stuff, oh. whatever. But uh, you know the boobs are getting overrated. But he's he's getting over it. He's moving on. But all the different stuff that he's doing, uh, I think the boobs like get him like a lot of traction for funny. Like a lot of people laugh at it, and I think it's funny. But. Uh, most people could not get what he's doing from the machines they have, right? They could give him, they could give him, they could take, unless they got his G code, right? That he is like worked mm-hmm. on and like the, the way I mean, he's done it, the way he's finishing, he does not sand at the end of it. If that says anything about it, I he feel takes like a piece that, of wood off the CNC and it's done. I feel like you could say that about things that are handmade though. Like you could say that like it, it all depends on how much work you put in. Right. Before, like, how, how much work have you put in to learn how to 
get your CNC to act that way. Right. So this is where the uniqueness comes out. What is what he's doing handmade? Because he could produce the exact same thing over and over and over and over and over again. I don't think so. No. It's not handmade. I don't think it's handmade. If it was hand, if he carved it himself, I would call it handmade. But if he's just running the same G code over and over, I wouldn't call it handmade. If it was, if it's completely all done like CNC cut out, I would say it's not handmade. And I feel like someone definitely could produce the exact same thing if they put in the effort to learn how to make the G code and the file and and all that stuff themselves. Right, but someone could produce the same effort on anything if you give them enough time to practice. Okay, well, you say you and I are given the same materials to make a dining table. Mm -hmm. Yours turns out perfect, beautifully sanded, looks amazing, shiny, all that stuff. Mine looks subpar. They're both handmade, no? (laughs) Are they both not handmade? <laughs> well, maybe it all depends on how I made it. It's like you. What if I got use more a CNC? Ex- no, no. My point is no. Like just completely normal, just like power hand tools or whatever. But you have ten more years experience woodworking than me, so okay. yours turns out better than me, right? You've put in the effort. You've learned how to do all the use the tools properly and all that sort of stuff. I'm yeah. a beginner. Is mine not handmade because it, I haven't put in the effort? Well, if I were to look at the two, I would probably say that yours looks more handmade than mine. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But but my point is, my point is that I feel like that negates your argument of how my, how him making the G code and everything because right. Well, this is the point. Could, like he's just got the more experience. But but that's what you're saying. I think you're actually saying the same. If, if you have more experience, does that make it less handmade? I don't think it makes it less handmade. I just think that if it's completely done the CNC, it's not handmade. I think you've got to so- understand selection <laughs> of wood. You've got to understand, like, oh, there's a lot of things that go into it. But again, that comes to experience. Right. And so if you could produce something that looks like it comes out of a factory, is it handmade? It can yes, be. If you I see. <laughs> if, okay. So if he was to make the mallet head from scratch, and the mm-hmm. CNC, the handle was CNC'd, and he had to then like put them together. But the the, the mallet head wasn't CNC'd. I would call that handmade. Mm. But if the whole, the mallet head and the handle are both CNC'd and then just glued together, I would not call that handmade. I think we got to have Birch told on here uh, to talk about what he thinks because I would love to. Ha- like I've heard him on a couple of different podcasts, and I I would be interested to hear what his thoughts are on this topic. So if you're listening, uh, reach out to us. And I'll laugh when we'll he comes on and on. goes, no, nothing's handmade. <laughs> <laughs> or everything's oh, handmade. Great, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay, something that is now starting to, like, sort of bounce around in my head is, okay, we you make things with your hands using tools. I consider a CNC a tool. I consider a 3D printer a tool. I consider a sewing machine a tool. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what when do tools start getting to the point where it isn't handmade anymore? The tools you it's use. The opportunity for error, right? Mm-hmm. So if That's I use a fair. a handsaw, big opportunity for error. More more considered handmade, right? Mm-hmm. I use a circular saw comparatively to a handsaw, a lot less opportunity for error, right? 
it's going to cut practically in a straight line compared to a handsaw. You can, and even a circular saw, you can wave around. I use a table saw, even less opportunity for error, but it's still handmade. And then all of a sudden, if I get a CNC that's like, I programmed a thing, a robot to yeah. go in a straight line, zero opportunity for error. Well, that's not true. Trust me. Yeah, I was about Based to say a lot of opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a different opportunity for error, right? It's a, but you could join the like, board using your CNC. I feel like this episode needs a contradiction counter. Because <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times we've gone both ways. So I want to take hard. it back like. Okay. Away Every f- time away there's from- a contradiction, take a shot, and when you get alcohol poisoning, <laughs> call nine one one. Yeah, don't call us. <laughs> yeah, don't call us. Um, so to take it like way back, like like forget about sort of like the whole digital era. This this is a hard thing because I like the three of us have grown up through non digital, you know. So and and digital. So okay, you write, you draw a picture. On a piece of paper, is that hand drawn? Yes. You model or you go into like MS Paint and make a picture on MS Paint and print it out on your printer. Is that hand made? I think mm. so. Because while you? you're not using a piece of paper, you're still inputting what you want into the computer. I like I still think that's hand handmade, hand drawn. And I think it gets even more blurred now with like, you know, iPads and stuff like that. Like yeah. a lot of people don't draw with, you know, pencil paper and like a traditional tools anymore. Okay. Now, if you use, and I know I've tried to use AI and I, I know Adam's using AI and, yep. and I'm sure Jesse's, I don't know if you dabbled in it or not, nope. <laughs> but I've used the, the mid journey on discord. Um, yep. Hashtag, by the way, we have a new discord server. And you, if you'd like to join it, there's a story on our Instagram, or you can just message us, and we'll get you the link. But I've used Midjourney, and I I know if you if you're interested in AI discussion, go listen to the, one of the latest podcasts from Digitally Creative. Uh, but all that to say is, if I put prompts in there, is it handmade? Because my no. understanding of how Midjourney works is different than everyone else's. How I do it, what I give to it to try and get the things out. Is that even art? Is it handmade art? Like where does the line draw between like the ability to correct your errors, the ability to have the computer do things that you can't do, like draw a perfect curve, like things that you don't want or draw a Fibonacci sequence, which you may not be able to draw, but you know, is in nature. And you're like, I'd like to replicate that to make my art better. Where does it go? Okay, so I I struggle with that question a lot about is AI art actually art? And I keep landing on the page of no, <laughs> for the most part. I do know some artists who actually use reference images and use AI to like change the way that they look and add different textures and colors and do things that you wouldn't be able to do with traditional materials. But for the most part, I think if someone is simply putting in a prompt, they are just reusing parts of other people's artwork. They aren't really creating anything that is new. It's sort of recycled art. It's recycled handmade maybe, but I wouldn't say it's handmade. Well, the way the way AI works is it takes a bunch of images and smushes them together. It's not making mm-hmm. it from scratch. The thing is, right, that I would consider it digital art. Like when I sell 
my mid-journey stuff, it's digital art. I'm not saying it's my art. It's a computer generated art. It's not, it's, I'm, I'm not attached to it at all. I mm. like it. See, I, that's, I think that's where that sort of question gets a bit lost because it's not me saying, I'm not saying it like I didn't make it. It's not my art. It's just, dig, it's still art. It's just digitally made art. I'm curious it's, it's, how many people who are selling that stuff goes with that terminology. Or if it's like unique, custom, one of a kind, you know, like the sort of handmade language. Mm. Now I'm curious about that. Because if people oh. are very open about, yeah, this is digital art, it is a combination of things. None of it is, you know, original. I would feel better about it. But a lot of people don't seem to go that way. If you have a factory pumping out cutting boards from wood, and wood is in itself unique, would you use this like unique one of a kind cutting board, right? Like, cause you'll never see two pieces of wood that like, especially a glued up, a whole bunch of glued up pieces of wood. You'll never see that. Like, they're going to be unique. Right. And you can That's find it. factories putting that out there. No. That unique earlier when you talked about uniqueness, I'm like, oh no, that's ruined because the material <laughs> itself is is not mm. unique. Oh my god! Oh no! So how I'm hurting my head. Oh. If if that factory sourced special unique pieces of wood to put into the cutting boards, where everyone's different, yes. But if it's just the grain looks different, no. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's my opinion. I'm not saying that's what the answer is. I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we should probably say these are all our opinions. <laughs> well, well, this is like a discussion. So why I like this podcast and why I like having these episodes is because like there was a point in time where people would have these discussions. They would get around a table and they would have discussions like this. And now hmm. if you have a question that doesn't have a like like this. What is handmade? And you'll sit around with a bunch of friends in real life, and you'll put the question out there, and one person will jump on their phone, and it's usually me. Uh, and this is the definition of handmade, oh right? And you don't have. The I'm discussion. actually really surprised none of us have done that yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I I don't do it on purpose because the whole point of this conversation, like the show, is to have a discussion about. Everything, right? And uh, and that's what I really enjoy about it. So I hope everyone listening enjoys it. And I'll say, you know, there's a few people that I think really enjoy it because they're our patrons. <laughs> and I want to thank – oh, before we go into there, Adam has I something just, to say. I just want to say, I know you brought it up before, but our Discord server, I am so excited to see the conversations that come out from this episode on it. Yeah, uh-huh. it's gonna be a good <laughs> yeah, time. I want opinions. And quickly before you move on, I'm I was just that guy and searched what is the definition of handmade. It says <laughs> made by hand, not by machine, and typically therefore of superior quality. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would say that that that's a bad definition because there's a lot of handmade shit that's garbage. Right. So I, think, I think it's more stuff. going in the in the sense of like a handmade leather bag is worth yeah, more luxury. Than a factory mate. Yeah, luxury sort of. Well, no, there's good factories and bad factories. There's cheap shit. Yeah, if you want to pay cheap, you can get really expensive fucking factory made stuff. You can make you know, like ugh, shit definition. That's the problem. That's why we're having these conversations because <laughs> Google can't answer Garbage questions like this, but we can't either. 
I know you want to move on, but I have another quick question. Okay, go Jimmy ahead. Jimmy Nero, Jimmy Nero um, and High Caliber, Austin, make ice picks. Yes. Made ice picks. Sure. Jimmy Nero all hand all ice picks when he first started were handmade. By he him. now has by him. He now has machines that make them for him. Are they still considered handmade? Because they used to be called handmade. Are they still called handmade? Because if a machine's doing all the work, is it still handmade? Well, I don't think he's got a machine pumping them out. I thought he and had I, a factory that did it. No. Yeah. He, he tried that for a little bit, and right. people were like, go fuck yourself. I'm not buying them. Right. Basically. Okay. <laughs> and, so if he did, though, it's no longer handmade? Yeah. And he even, he like, he they look exactly the same. Yeah. He, he dropped the price, and people were like, I don't want it. I want. I want the ones made in your. I like, want the ones that have touched your hands. Yeah, and now <laughs> now you know that Jimmy's not touching every ice pick. So yeah, but if you are lucky enough to get a high caliber craftsman ice pick, he Austin Austin touched everyone inappropriately. If you were to use a three D printed stamp to stamp a piece of leather to make a keychain, is right. that handmade? Yes. It is. Whoa, so do you on. know who? Gets an amazing handmade keychain. Our patrons. <laughs> That's right. I especially want to thank our F-Clamp level ones, Brent Jarvis from Clean Cut Woodworking, Vincent Ferrari from Digitally Creative, Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY, Joe Herdina, Lawrence from Maritime Night Supply, Rich from Low and Design, and David Wood from DW Wood Builds. All those people have gotten uh, a handmade leather keychain. Uh, they also get access to the pre-show, after-show, and Discord uh, monthly hangout that we're going to be scheduling soon. We just got to talk about uh, what's a good time for everyone and how we want to work it out. But we're going to be doing monthly hangouts. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, for all of our, our patrons. And you can sign up at patreon.com slash clamp. It really helps us because uh, our Zencaster, the place that we record the podcast, has started charging. We also have a website and we have uh, the hosting on Buzzsprout all cost money, and the things that you I guess give us the 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 money that you give us every episode uh, for as little as a dollar an episode, you can feed a starving Adam and Jesse. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, really, it does help us out a lot, and we really appreciate the support. And now we'll go to Clampmendations. Clampmendations. That is the proudest segue I've ever made. Yeah, that was Just very good. <laughs> quietly. I almost, I almost screwed it up. I, I, I'll be honest. I was like, what are you trying to do? <laughs> we got there. Oh my God. Yeah, we survived. <laughs> okay, so my clamp mendation for this week is Malignant. Uh, it's a horror movie, of course, that came out recently. Uh, I So I think it might be my favorite that I've seen in a very long time. Before that, it was Barbarian, wow. I would say. But Malignant, just go into it if without knowing anything. And you just have to ride with it. And it's going to get real weird. But it is fantastic. Um, it's written by Akila Cooper, who is the same lady that did Megan or Mithrigan, depending on how you like to say it. And if you've seen Megan and thought, wow, that was really weird. Malignant is that times 10. Uh, it is so much fun and gross and it's wonderful. Yeah. I recommend it to anyone who likes horror. Hmm. Hmm. I hope our horror fans out there will enjoy it. 
I will not watch it. Ah. <laughs> uh, I so I used to enjoy horror, but I realized what I really enjoyed is post-apocalyptic movies, which is like a different oh, like I you don't can have like horror those. or not. Uh but I really like enjoyed the thought of like a lot less people on this earth. Um and how I would deal with that. And it would be amazing. I'm going to recommend everyone go check out Jack English. I mentioned him before. He's uh he is a really uh Really cool woodworker. He's got a good following on Instagram and TikTok, and he does a lot of uh, really cool stuff with uh, just like wood and like solid wood mainly. And he's got a place called the Wadkin Temple. Uh, Wadkin's a uh, bunch of mach- like uh, tool manufacturer from England that makes a lot of really high quality tools. Um, and he has a lot of them. I went to back in like 2019, I went to his place and uh, he has some amazing machines, including like a cool one, like a chainsaw mortiser. It's just some really cool stuff. But, uh, and he does like really good work. Uh, and he actually knows a lot, uh, which can come across as a little bit cocky. But when you actually know what you're talking about, it's, hard to not be um so you everyone should go check him out um he's definitely a good follow if you want to learn some stuff about woodworking um and he's got a lot of like back catalog of content worth checking out cool uh my recommendation for this week is going to be something that is not everyone's cup of tea but there's a youtuber called smitty s-m-i-i-7-y and essentially his content is like just playing games with the boys, but like they literally just make jokes about anything. There are some, probably some controversial shit in there that might offend people, but it, it's funny. <laughs> well, they think it's funny. I don't know. They, they, they do it. They've been doing a lot better at trying to like not include all the bad stuff. I mean, they're not like racial racist or anything like that. Not, not that crazy, but yeah. Oh, if you want to learn how to smell spinny, it's got a seven in it. So mm, if only I spelt it when I said his name. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh. Hey, edit that out. Let's go on that. <laughs> so I was clicking uh. on it to see if I wanted to watch it or not. I'm sorry. I was looking at your recommendation. I don't. Uh, Grant, DW. still distracted. Yeah. From, yeah. Not yeah. The, all the beers that are piling up. <laughs> uh, TW Woodbuilds asked us, what is your... First official project. What makes, like, what official in what way? I think if it was official to you, it's Boom. official. Okay. Well, I'll go first then. My first, I guess, official project would be my high school project that I made for my assessment. And it was an outdoor setting that I absolutely hate and wish I could remake <laughs> it, but I won't because no one will ever want it. Um, my teacher didn't help me out as much as he should have, and I didn't know what I was doing, and he didn't have the right ways to do things, I must say, and made it look like shit. It didn't turn out like it was meant to. Oh, no. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, just do it this way. And then, at the, yeah, when I was finished, I'm like, this isn't what I envisioned. This isn't good. Pocket holes? <laughs> no, it wasn't pocket holes. Like, literally, so the, the seat was like a sort of like kidney bean shape and with slats, right? So his idea was to cut out two kidney bean shapes, like rings in the shape of a kidney bean, and then layer the slats in between. So the slats are like down, but like they're meant to be flush with the top 
And it just, yeah, it just, it didn't look good at all. And like, you can hey. see the slats on the outside, like there was all the gaps and everything. And like, yeah, just, yeah. It's their first what attempt in learning. Yeah. Yeah. Fail. Jesse, what's your first uh, official project? So I am also going to go high school time. Uh, I think it was my sophomore year. I took home economics and we had a whole quilting section of that. Um, and I already knew some stuff about quilting, but this was the first quilt I actually fully made like the top for myself. Uh, it was a log cabin quilt. It was uh, made out of three three types of fabric, neon pink, black, and white and black checkered. <laughs> nice. It was the punkest, ugliest quilt. Uh, I still have it to this day. Um, it is not good. It's very crooked. Uh, you can see every mistake I made and there were many of them. It is really wonky. And the poor lady that we took it to with like one of those long arm quilting machines to finish it. She tried real hard to make it look okay, but it just, it wasn't going to happen. And now it's, uh, in the bottom of one of our closets and has like holes in it from fireworks. It's had a good life. Why do you keep it? I mean, it, you know, I put so much time into it. And even if it's the ugliest thing in the world, it's like, it's definitely the first thing that I spent a lot of time on. And I think my grandmother was very proud of me, even though it was ugly. <laughs> so that's a good memory. Hmm. Cool. Well, I'm trying to think like, so the first thing that came to mind for me was something that I designed in like grade seven, but I think my dad helped me like make it. So I don't want to call that my first official project. Because it's more like I designed it and he like cut it out. Um, but even in grade seven, I'll, I'll say like the first official project I did was like a bunch of sewing projects um, where we had given the patterns and you cut them out of like felt. And I made like a soccer ball, like stuffed it and I still have it. And it looked great when it was first done. And the stitching has gotten a little loose. Yeah. Over, say, uh, over time, it was not. I did, I did more projects than anyone else. I will. That is my not claim surprised. to fame. <laughs> more projects than ever anyone else, because for some reason I had extra like allowance money saved up, and I could buy extra patterns. Uh, they, I did like a soccer ball and a hedgehog and a a couple other things. Anyways, all that to say. I did a lot of them. Well, and honestly, three D sewing like you were doing is very impressive for a first project. Like, yeah, I do not enjoy doing that, and I've done it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I just like when I look at it now, I'm like, those stitches were way too far apart. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like there's like there's like an inch between stitches. Oh, <laughs> I did gosh. all the projects. <laughs> Yeah. It's still together to this day. Like it's yeah. 20 years old, right? Like, well, and that's what is... everybody does when they first start hand sewing. Like I've taught some hand sewing classes and like the piece they do at the beginning of class compared to the end of class. It's always very funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Well, that was, a, that was a good little chat. I want to thank TF turning for the theme song. Uh, recently TF turning was on the, uh, Maker's Waffle Project uh, podcast, sorry, Maker's Waffle podcast, and he, he mentioned us. So if you like us um, and like to hear about Clamp, you can go listen to that podcast. That episode wasn't too long. Uh, you sometimes they're like four hours long. So another, I haven't made it through the podcast yet, but apparently I'm mentioned <laughs> in like a four hour episode. And I'm like, 
if you guys are going to mention me, can you make it in like one of the like 90 minute episodes? That'd be really great. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, it's been a pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed uh, listening to us uh, debate what is handmade. If you want to uh, message us and let us know about it, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, and now Discord. And we got a Discord and server, TikTok. and if you want to join that. <laughs> oh, and TikTok, right. I forgot about that place. And t- yeah. we used to have a Twitter, but we've forgotten about that place too. So. Yeah, it's uh, said to me. Yeah. I don't want to pay to keep, to keep our tick. Well, soon you got to pay on Instagram too. But really, thank you very much, everyone. Yeah. We can talk about that a little bit in the after show. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.